0: everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by Director of Fun and Games, John Brazier. Hello, John. Tom, how are you doing? Doing good. Beautiful day. Uh, it's just been a beautiful time around here, hasn't it, John? The team has been playing well, and uh, things are good when that happens.
1: Well, we decided we're going to wait till the team goes on a nine-game winning streak <laughs> to uh, interview our our next guest. Figured that would be the best timing, right? Yes. So- Uh, It worked out accordingly, and now we've got Sam Fold waiting for us, and uh, very excited to talk to Sam, because if people don't know uh, the life of Sam Fold, to me, it's it's almost like, uh, it almost has like a Forrest Gump, and I mean that in like a total positive way, in the sense that there's so many things going on in his life, a lot of people's Wikipedia page is tiny, yeah. his is his big. very full. But you said the life of Sam Fold.
0: It's not the <laughs> life of Sam Fold. It's the legend of Sam Fold, which,
1: Sam, I did not
0: know, uh, you know, kind of your, um, especially on YouTube, there's a, you know, there's some really great clips of you you know making great plays, and then, you know, this I, there is one video called The Legend of Sam Fold. Does that uh, humble you at all, or uh, is it all true? It's all true, and my family does a great job of maintaining that YouTube. <laughs> there you go. And the Wikipedia page. And the Wikipedia page. Yeah. It's really – and like yeah. John said, yeah, we want to uh, – welcome, by the way, and, and we Thank do want to get into uh, that a little bit. But, uh, you know, I talked about everybody with smiling faces. I mean, how much – and I really, I was saying this to some friends over the weekend. Like, how much greater is it to win than it is to lose? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's an understatement. It's um, can't help – you
2: try not to – saying this a lot in the last couple of days but you try not to ride the roller coaster too much like you try not to get too high when when things are going well and too low when you're hitting the skids a little bit but it, you can't help but just kind of uh, get a little bit more excited coming to work every day when you're when you're playing good baseball that's that's for sure and it's really it was cool to see this weekend the the fans come out and, and support us and uh, you can tell that they're getting excited about The brand of baseball that we've been playing the last kind of week and
1: a half. And the funny thing is, when the team's doing well, you know, I've been doing this 29 years. You've been doing it for 34 years, right? So when the team's doing well, the promotions are better, right? You guys have the greatest promotions. When the team's not doing well, oh my God, your promotions stink! Blah blah. blah. The fanatic gets ridiculed when the team's not doing well. Never. Well, really. Fanatic no. never gets ridiculed. No. That's right. It's the one Teflon. Right. Well, you get one guy maybe calling it a WIP, but you know we're all geniuses when the team wins, and we're all idiots but, when the team. But you're right. Is it losing. just it affects everything, Sam. Right? I mean, it's uh, it's
0: the fans, the players. I'm sure the, you know the vibe. How much different is that vibe been in the clubhouse you know compared to two weeks ago
2: it's been it's been good it's just uh it's a looser a little bit looser uh just a little bit more upbeat you know again it's we, we try to preach like just being steady slow and steady wins the race but but it's just uh you, you can't help but feel a little bit better vibe um and when things are going going south it's the air's a little thicker and and yeah the you know the little things that bug you whether it's just the Whatever the the coffee in the clubhouse isn't your favorite, or you know um, you slept on the wrong side of the bed, or your your kid won't sleep and doesn't let you get the the rest you need to perform that night. Those things tend to bug you a little bit more when when things are, aren't going well, and kind of brush them off when you've won nine in
1: a row. All right, Tom, we're talking way too much baseball. All right, <laughs> <'Cause> it's, <laughs> but it's, it's fun because <laughs> we're winning. I know, days. I'm kidding. This is I'm what kidding. But, but I what I love about Sam when you when you read about uh, him is that. You had a nickname at birth, and you've acquired probably like 15 nicknames since then, especially throughout your baseball career. But you were born uh, at 10 pounds, right? Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> I don't believe it, but I, yeah, 10 pounds, say. and his and his nickname uh, when he was because he was so big was Cool Papa Sam. That was his first nickname, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into the other ones too. And again, you grew up in in Durham, New Hampshire, uh, in a really interesting situation where your mom was a state senator, correct, and your dad was. Uh, head of the psychology department at University of New Hampshire or
2: yeah he taught for a long time he taught for about 30 years at University of New Hampshire uh in in the psychology department it was kind of um on the sensation and perception side a lot of brain and vision research like stuff that i still can't comprehend but
1: And did um, he practice that on you growing up? I don't think so <laughs> well, although we, i
2: maybe he did and i just <laughs> don't know it but he would uh he'd bring home like these literal you know like brain, pig brains and pig, uh, you know different eyes that he'd come back and come back smelling like formaldehyde and i'm like uh, this is just not for me i wanted like to d- dig into this stuff but i couldn't i couldn't um i didn't have the guts no pun intended to do it um but yeah he was that's what he did for a long time and then he ended up his career uh, as like a dean of the college of liberal arts there at unh so um a lot of a lot of great memories growing up kind of basically on a college campus yeah getting to play um play a lot of baseball and basketball and tennis and soccer all over those college facilities which was pretty cool and then but then y'all
1: said the political end with yeah, your mom yeah. right so i she was probably busy getting reelected or getting elected and doing campaigns and fundraisers and yeah
2: yeah no she she was um you know, always at least somewhat involved in politics she just sort of started off in smaller time politics and was a state uh, legis- legislator for uh, a number of years at least a decade And New Hampshire for some reason has the largest state house in all the u.s Mm. um over 400 members of their state legislature so she represented a very small population compared to most (laughs) Mm. state representatives but um yeah she was very passionate about it uh from from the beginning of her professional career took some time off when my when i was you know sort of in middle school high school uh age and then my sister's four years younger and just took some time off to spend a little bit more time with us and Uh, And then when we got a little bit older, got back into politics and, and was a state senator for a few
0: years. Yeah, and then what fascinated me uh, reading your story too, Sam, is, uh, you know, we knew you when you got hired in 2017 Is oh, Sam's going to be that liaison between, you know, he was a ball player and the analytics and uh, not knowing, you know, when you look, somebody's doing a nice job on your, your, whether it's your family or something on your Wikipedia page because some some of those details when you were young that you, you really did take to baseball, first of all, and then also you were really interested in the math part of it,
1: the uh, well, figuring out the... Supposedly you carried around a uh, copy of the complete baseball handbook. Uh, now this says instead of a security blanket, so that was definitely your mom that's writing that, right? or maybe your <laughs> psychologist dad. I right? don't know. Yeah,
2: somebody somebody uh, threw me under the bus and, and revealed that to the public. But it's not false. I just had this like mm. book that I was obsessed with, and all it was was just a you know basically a book with all every active major league yeah. player. What
0: well, was it? The baseball encyclopedia? Well, I had that one too. That yeah. was harder to carry around. That was yeah, like that's a, a know, big that was, yeah know, yeah. We, we to, like, would take that to the beach, you know, when we were in yeah. college. We'd go down to the beach and just fire trivia questions oh, at one another. I know, but uh, I, I wasn't doing it when I was six years old, Sam. Yeah, you know, no, I'm five sorry. Five years old. I'm sorry to offend you. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it's awesome. I, you know, looking back, I a, definitely have sort of funny, unique habit for or hobby for a five or six year old but it was just I loved baseball and I was always kind of into numbers so it was a kind of perfect marriage there it is so did your parents
1: push you towards baseball or was that something that you completely did just you know on your own loved it really just
2: just I mean they gave me plenty of chance to play right like they you know my dad played high school baseball but was not like a baseball fanatic and my mom liked baseball was a big mickey mantle fan growing up and yeah um but they were not pushy parents at all. They were very hands-off, and they just wanted me to do what I loved. And it just so happened that I loved baseball. And you kind of grew up where I where I grew up, and there was a lot of energy and, and love for the Red Sox. And so, you know, that's part of how I got into, um, you know, loving the game, just kind of turning on the Red Sox every night.
1: But You made, you, you made your high school team – I know you went to two high schools. You made your high school team out of eighth grade, mm-hmm. which is impressive in itself. Um, but I always ask this question to uh, professional athletes – at what point did you know that you were you had a special talent, and then at what point did you realize that special talent could actually get you paid down the road? because right? if you yeah. make the team as an eighth grader, you're like, wow, you know, I'm, I've got to be a pretty good baseball player. And obviously, you had some great stats and records, you know, in high school, and then get recruited to Stanford. So, yeah. at what point? Well,
2: yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tough, tough read for me. I felt like I was a pretty mature and realistic kid growing up. But uh, I grew up in the state of New Hampshire, and I knew that was not a baseball hotbed. And I also happened to be that that kid in Little League who had the mustache and was, like, fully hmm. grown. I was a big, like, 11- and 12-year-old. And so I knew that despite the success, it didn't really mean much. Like, how, how am I going to be when everybody else catches up to me? And looking at my parents, I assumed that everybody else was going to sprout well past me, which ended up being the case. Um <laughs> That was the big question was how how, how are things gonna do go when the, the sort of playing field gets leveled from a physical standpoint. Um so I think you know, there was a summer that I I guess it was going into my senior year of high school where I got a little bit of a barometer for how I stood compared to the rest of the country. And I got to go to a couple national showcases. One was down at Clemson University and one was over at in Long Beach, California, where the Area Code Games yeah. are held every year. And that was when I got a sense of, like, okay, maybe I can hang with the, with the some of the best in the country. And maybe, you know, that's when a lot of the uh, sort of scholarship offers started to come in and to, to some really cool schools. And that's when I realized, like, oh, maybe this, maybe yeah. I do have a future in this, despite mm-hmm. the fact that I'm five foot nine and semi-athletic at best and uh, came had some obstacles to overcome
0: ah what an exciting time that must have been for you uh, let's talk a little bit more about this we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're back Philly's backstage and uh, this is just a fascinating start and we've and we sam we 've been doing this for it 's been like four years we 've been doing this podcast john so it 's really awesome when we bring people in and we track their their success and it 's always fascinating
1: but but you well, we, and we, we find out things we didn 't know obviously yeah, yeah. and then sometimes sam we 'll have Yes, that just uh, we find out Rick Wise is coming into town. Oh, let's get him! And we know nothing about Rick Wise other than the fact that he threw a no hitter and and, and and had two home runs in the same game. His but wiki then we, page is right, not maintained we, by his then family. We, then, we, then we've got to go through Wikipedia and everything else. Uh, but
0: it's been a lot of fun. Listen, I always think this part's just. Fascinating, and John, you already asked it, but it's because we always talked. Like John and I were, you know, we were out of baseball when we were, uh, you know, sixteen years old. There was there was not going to be a professional. Uh, well, I I switch <laughs> over
1: after Little League to lacrosse. <laughs> right. I don't know. Okay. I don't know your
0: case. Was. Uh, yeah, I just started going to parties. Uh, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that you're was training a, to be the fanatic. Exactly. <laughs> be the be best friend, friend, the friend fanatic. fanatic. Sorry, best friend.
0: But um, so that just must have been really cool, Sam, when you go out west, and then you know it's that time you're. Looking at colleges, you got heavily recruited from colleges, and um, it, it just must have been uh, just very exciting, and where you where you had a little bit of confidence. It sounds like.
2: Yeah, I kind of had to pinch myself and go, is, yeah. this, "Is this for real?" I mean, I just and I, I I felt like my my parents were did a great job of sort of keeping me humble, and I think really I, I'm really appreciative of the way that they raised me, and they're very humble people themselves. So I think um, I had no expectations really it was a I was education focused growing up and I felt like regardless of where my baseball career took me that the the academic side of my life was going to really sort of help me in the long term and, and that was a focus of theirs and I, I ended up you know had some bumps in the road like we all did but but um, you know at least towards like the my high school life I felt like I became pretty focused on education and I, I had no idea where the baseball stuff was going to take me but when I when I got to got a chance to play with the best around the country and hold my own, it was it was like really confidence inspiring, and you start really dream, dreaming big that way.
1: Yeah, and you know it's funny too. He went to Exeter. So again, we, you went to two high schools, right? Berwick, I think, was the first one. And Berwick, then Berwick, I <coughs> went
2: through, till through eighth grade, and then I went to Exeter. Then Exeter.
1: So, yeah. Tom, I don't know if you know much about Exeter, but Exeter, there's a lot of famous people, especially a lot of presidents of the United States. So, normally, if you played baseball, and now you're GM you'd be the most famous person, right, at Exeter? Yeah. And I don't even know this, but I, I bet you there's probably a handful of maybe business executives or – Well, there's a, the
2: this uh, this gentleman who uh, started
1: Facebook. Yeah, Jeffrey Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> or Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Right. That's where I've today. heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: this has got to be a a trivia question coming up, right, John? I mean, uh, uh yeah,
1: you know what? I'm I've kinda <laughs> led I led the witness and uh I'm trying to help him get at least one well, of the answers that has yeah, time. You had a lot of colleges
0: yeah, come problems. after you and you pulled a little bit of tomorrow and you went to Stanford, <laughs> which uh we love that. Yeah. Th- was Stanford the greatest? It was pretty cool. It really yeah. was. Um
2: amazing, amazing campus, amazing people. Talk about staying humble there. I mean you have to. You you're I mean, I'm like, on the, I think back to my freshman year and uh, I'm in the same freshman dorm as like Olympic swimmers and like the best water polo player in the world is like, a, you know, a dorm over for me and some of the most brilliant people in the world are over are, are just like right side by side with you. So however good you think you are heading into your Stanford experience, it'll, it humbles you, uh, which is really cool. And just a lot of laid back, awesome people there and. Really cool, I mean, a lot of great baseball moments there that I had. We were lucky yeah. enough to be really good. Um, so every time around this year, when I was when I watched college baseball, it brings you know in the, the super regionals and, and the World Series to come next week. I think it brings back a lot of good memories there too.
1: And, and as a freshman, he was the starting uh, leadoff hitter. How about yeah. that? You started four years there, right? Yeah, just sort of fell into a
2: really good opportunity there. I mean, they had lo- you know, lost a lot of seniors uh, mm-hmm. from the previous graduating class and. Had had just a great opportunity to, to make an impact right away. So
1: yeah, so he leads off. He's a leadoff hitter as a freshman. In sophomore year, he led the Pac-10 in hits, breaking Stanford's single-season record. Batted three seventy-five. Not so mm. shabby, there, Tom. Not shabby. Uh, but you kept going. How many guys, were other guys on? I'm sure there. You had other guys on that team that went to the pros. We had yeah. We had like
2: I think at some point it may have been my junior year. I think our whole lineup one through nine, depending on the day, depending on Hmm. the lineup, were major league, became major league. Wow, is that right? Not just draft, but major leaguers. Wow. Um, A couple of, you know, John Mabry was on that team. It was in Philly. Yep. Um, You know, Ryan Garko uh, had a pretty good major league career, was on those teams. Carlos Quentin was my year and a a roommate of mine. And, um, yeah, we had uh, Jed Lowry still playing, you know, though he had some really good good talent, a lot of good teams We're couldn't
1: quite. Well, I was going to say, how did you do it? Did you not match those expectations? Lost
2: in the championship game my my freshman year Ooh. and my junior year. We were like in the semifinal. My sophomore year, was
0: uh, we were like the. Buffalo Bills of college baseball. Uh, well, and then you get drafted, and this always fascinates me too, you get drafted by the Cubs and you turn them down, <laughs> which I love that. Like, <laughs> And then they were foolish enough to yeah, draft me Yeah, then the they came year. back. And, yeah, they, so the next year they came and they drafted you. I guess you, you were drafted in the 24th round and then you, you went back to Stanford uh, and then you got drafted in the 10th round. Um, uh, does that happen often when a team will draft a guy, he goes back to college and then they draft him again? <sighs>
2: No. Yeah. I was. I mean, I. I don't know. I can't think of anybody who that. Huh. I'm sure it's happened before, but mm. I figured that I had a chance to be drafted by 29 teams my senior year, and the one team that I didn't think was going to take was right. the Cubs. Why? Why is that? It wasn't like it's, it was. Am, I, I just figured? Right, it I, wasn't know, a contentious. No, or, I think. I, but I think they. They
1: liked you. Know, I, you. Yeah, and I. Yeah.
2: I, I played. I ended up playing in the Cape Cod League that summer, that and month. that helps
1: a lot because obviously you're playing with wooden bats. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah, and I and I was you know. i've was fortunate enough to play pretty well. And they kept, like, kind of offering me more and more money, more and more reason to go sign. And I just was like – part of it was coming off of a national championship loss. I was hungry to go back to school and and win a a national championship. And I just figured, well, worst case is I can go back and get my Stanford degree. That's always nice to have under your belt. And I felt like I had better – my junior year was at the time maybe my worst of the three years that I'd been there. And I thought maybe I could go back and play better. And all those reasons – just led me to go back for my senior year, um, but no, it was it wasn't like we left on bad terms. But I right. just figured, all right, we tried that. We'll, we'll we'll try somebody else. I figured would be the Cubs stance. But yeah, it was really neat, and I'm glad that I had a chance to play in the organization.
1: All right, so let's go through some of your uh, your nicknames. Right, <laughs> what was your first nickname and and that you remember in the in the in pro professional <laughs> baseball? Oh man. Uh, because <laughs> you've had a million of them. I don't know. I think some of them
2: just came from others that they never even, uh, like, never never called me. What was it? Cra- there was, like, a crash test dummy. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Um, and there were, I don't know, I, the ones that stick out were more when I, when I got to the big leagues. But, uh, yeah, you tell me.
1: Well, well, obviously, Superman was the one that I know, yeah. Tom. Yeah. you wanted to bring up. Yeah. And I guess that was uh, on the one, I guess you made a, a well, you, you had a um, reputation for, Slamming into walls and catching the ball and kind of being reckless in a good way. Uh, you it, a, can you be reckless in a good way? <laughs> well, I well, mean, you catch the ball. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, <laughs> reckless probably is not the best word. But you know what's funny, Sam? We used to, um, Tom, remember this, back at the vet, uh, way back when, uh, we had Mage McDonald. I don't know if you remember, Mage McDonald was a coach here, a coach for the Wiz Kids, and then he was a longtime ambassador. He used to, um, and he was probably, what, his 80s, Tom, at this point, 70s, oh, yeah. late yeah. 70s, 80s? Sure. He would go out at lunchtime at the vet, and a bunch of us, guys in the ground crew, Tom, myself, some other guys in sales, uh, we would line up in the right field corner when um, the team's away in the uh, on the warning track. Major had have a fungo bat, and he'd be just beyond second base, and he'd hit a ball, and he was good enough where he could hit a ball – you know, perfectly where you had to run sprint and hopefully he'd hit it right at the wall. So oh, yeah. you're, we're imitating you basically making the <laughs> great catch. And then you throw it back and the next guy goes. And, and it was like the coolest thing in the world. Right. I can't yeah. imagine what you're like doing that for, you know, as a, for a living. <laughs> yeah, right. right yeah. It's a little more nerve wracking. Not something <laughs> that we would practice. There were no there right. were versions
2: of that, that. And I can remember. Those are the those are the things that you stay say for the game. Yeah.
1: Did you ever uh,
0: think about uh, being an outfielder's coach? I mean, or or not necessarily that, but also uh, now, even in the role you're at, do you tend to look at outfielders and 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 how they play defensively?
2: Maybe just a little bit. Okay. I feel like I have a little bit better feel from sort of evaluating uh, how guys are doing out there defensively and yeah. analyzing plays. I probably just have a little better instinct for it, but I. I have a ton of confidence in Paco and the and the yeah. group down there, but
0: but you know. can you play like if you, if you're there's a guy you're thinking about drafting and you know he's a good outfielder, but the guy is maybe too reckless. Can you be too reckless out there?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think at some point you, you, there's probably some injury risk that comes mm-hmm. about from that. I, I it's funny because I, I did have a lot of injuries in my career, but a lot of them were not from diving into walls or diving into fences and you know uh, on I the seem ground. To, I, yeah, I seem yeah. to have survived. <laughs> those, okay, yeah, but no, I think there's you love those guys on and you want them on your team, and you're generally like happy to take on that, whatever injury risk that comes with. Like, it's just yeah. there's something I think that that's some sort of cultural ad that, that comes with that. You know, a little bit more energy in the dugout and the clubhouse when you have those for sure. Of guys. We right, have so Aaron
1: Rowan was our yeah, was uh, legend, that, that. that was the big one. Well, the, here's a Toronto Sun wrote, uh, when you played. Uh, for Tampa against them, it says, Fold ranks in the top 10 in batting average runs and triples and also leads ale AL in stolen bases and YouTube hits, especially video hits for a catch in Chicago diving towards the right field corner onto the warning track that has been set to a Superman theme. Right? So <laughs> yeah. how, many, how, many, That's awesome. how many news, are, you know, sports you know, writers yeah, are yeah. writing, you know, you, including YouTube, <laughs> within their article. Well, and you're also
0: dealing with, uh, you're at Wrigley. So is, is that... Fence is hard, <laughs> it's a brick wall, so of course it's yeah. hard. But is it uh, a little bit more of a challenge than maybe some <laughs> yeah. of the other ballparks?
2: Yeah, I and I look back and I shake my head at like how idiotic I was to run into those walls sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it look the ivy's a little thicker than it might look on TV, but it's 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 ivy, it's yeah, not, yeah, you know, it's, it's not, not pillows, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, there were there were a couple plays that I look back on and I go, well, What was I thinking? But the, I, I just I had this sort of youthful, like exuberance. Where a ball would get up in the air, and I would, I wouldn't, I would block out everything else. It would be me and the ball, and I mm. and I would kind of just try to go get it at all costs. And if the wall happened to get in the way, so be it.
1: So be it. You and know. And is that more exciting than like, making a great diving catch? Is that more exciting than hitting a dramatic home run?
2: Yeah, because part of you is just wondering if you just knocked yourself out and got concussed. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that when you hit a home run, right? Uh, no, I mean. Definitely on par. For me, the home runs were few and far between, so I like the home runs too. But, but, yeah, there's something about it that gets the crowd involved. I mean, I'll never forget, like, one of the, one of the first plays I made at Wrigley was a, you know, just a, a ball that I ran, like a running catch up and against the wall, and I spun and threw a guy out to double him off at first. And the noise that I – Heard like running off the field was mm. like nothing I've ever yeah. heard in my entire career, and yeah. it was like a super cool moment. Oh, it, oh, it fires like up me. everybody. It does,
1: and I love the uh, some of the tweets that were sent at Jen around that time. Sam Fold was once intentionally walked while in the on deck circle. Uh, <laughs> so I think uh, the Red Sox check under their bed for Sam Fold, and John uh, and, Ma- and Joe Madden's favorite was Superman wears a Sam Fold T-shirt to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I not validated that. No, I don't know. I don't know. That wasn't I was in one of the movies? <laughs> uh,
0: John, let's take another quick break, and uh, when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Sam's uh, career as a, ba- a baseball player and then uh, how he came to the Phillies. So we'll be right back. And we're back again with Sam Fold, and uh, he's still in one piece. We've been talking a lot about slamming and fences. But, uh, you know, uh, your career, uh, your time in Tampa um, – and, and, you know, we always think of Tampa, they always seem to have a, a, a great um, uh, development system, a great scouting system. Uh, when you were there, were you with a, a, a group of guys, a homegrown guys? I know you came from the Chicago organization, but uh, could you sense that organization and the way they develop players back then? Yeah,
2: I think the one thing that stood out then, it still does, really, is just the, the starting pitching in particular, we had a really good rotation. Uh, my first year there, it was David price. It was James shields. Uh, it was Jeremy Hellickson. Um, and then as we kind of as you know, James shields was the first one to go. And then David left and it was just sort of next man up. And as soon as Sh- Shieldsy left, it was Alex Cobb stepping up. Kaz, or, or Cas- Matt, Matt Moore Casimir
1: in there. Kazmier had been there. I pre- oh, was earlier. Before, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but it was just amazing the depth that they had coming up through the system. And it just, as unfortunate as it was to lose key guys like that, Chris Archer, I mean, it was just like next man up. And it was incredible that we, we didn't miss a beat when, when we lost some really good starting pitching in Shields and Price and, and others. So, um, yeah, you felt like you were part of something special. And it was neat to just go to a kind of an underdog organization that, that got to go up against the Yankees and the Red Sox all the time. And we, we, um, we went toe-to-toe with them quite a bit.
1: One of the cool things too, Tom, is that uh, Sam played for Team Israel in the World Baseball, Cla- or Baseball Classic, right? Um, and that's the one, if you remember, I remember that the games were, where, that was in... Seoul was I, in Seoul. And Seoul, in Tokyo. right. Because yeah. I remember like the games would be on like at five in the morning or four in the morning, right? Uh, and the, that team, if you remember, had you guys had the mensch on the bench, right? Who, <laughs> tell the story about that because that got a lot of notoriety yeah. at that time.
2: Yeah, we, uh, we had a bit of a... Stuffed animal mascot, not quite, not quite fanatic level, but it was, <laughs> right. uh, one of our players, Cody Decker had, had I don't even know where he got this thing, but it was like this life-sized lump of a yeah. s- mensch. like right. a, with a, you know, <laughs> right. a hat and uh, he was wearing, luckily was wearing blue and white and black kind of that matched our, our jerseys and he would just hang out with us. He just put him in the dugout and uh, put him, put him on the plane when we went from <laughs> Seoul to Tokyo and. Uh, a did bit you get of a lot good of odd charm. looks in the
1: uh, airport <laughs> and when you're going around with plenty, plenty
2: yeah, right. yeah I, I thought we may have to buy a ticket for him but they, they let him uh, they let us carry him on but he was good kept us kept us happy and uh, nice and light
1: in the and you guys great did great right you guys were the kind of the underdog yeah. team that year
2: yeah yeah it was really cool it was it ended up being the last playing experience of my life this was just five years ago and um yeah we we went undefeated in the first pool and beat Korea and beat uh, the Netherlands and and then um, went over to Tokyo and played good baseball over there. Didn't quite get to the semifinals mm-hmm. it was back in the U S but we, uh, we competed really well against some of the best.
0: Awesome. Exciting. Well, uh, now the transition from big league ball player to the front office. Uh, just talk about how that kind of came down. I'm, I'm fascinated, too, that it, it happened so quickly. And it that happened with Ruben, too, right? When mm-hmm. Ruben retired, he pretty much, uh, you know, jumped right into the front office uh, as well. And uh, it that's how it happened with you, right, Tam?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was sort of a fortuitous turn of events, like I had been in touch with, Matt, Clintac and and, uh, as as a player, my agent was in touch with them and and we were still talking about, Mm. you know, playing, and that was just after the WBC experience, but I was coming off of a shoulder injury, and wasn't sure I was going to bounce back, and Matt had sort of in passing told my agent, like, hey, whenever Sam's done playing, we'd love to just talk to him about, you know, sort of life after playing. I didn't know Matt at all. I didn't know anybody in the Phillies organization, Um, and, you know, a few months into the summer, I couldn't throw the ball from one end of the room to the other, and, realized my career was probably over and I'd rehabbed plenty and just figured it was, figured it was enough. Um, so wanted to went and explored other opportunities, the post-playing opportunities and the Phillies were one of the first places that I, that I called just knowing that we had heard great things about the organization and, um, you know, geographically made some sense between, you know, with me and my, my, my wife being from close to the Northeast, or at least in the general vis- uh, vicinity and, um, Got to know Matt and the rest of the group here and loved loved every conversation that I had and, and um, felt like it was a really cool opportunity to take advantage of.
1: So did they create that position for you? I know when you were – Tom alluded to it earlier that you were the kind of the liaison between the front office <coughs> and players, right, more on the analytical side. You're basically the one that can translate, I guess, like, right, the, tra- the analytics to the, the modern ball player. And you're – again, you're, you're almost just from retiring – Right. So yeah. you, so they, they could relate. Um, but was that created for you? It, it was.
2: And I, I credit Matt for coming up with it because it, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I wasn't ready to really jump into a coaching role and four small kids and wanted to get into something less than an everyday like you know, 81 games on the road type experience. And, and um, Matt was really great about it. And created that. so, and as a player, you just don't know what goes into the whole right. operation. Like you don't have any sense of the scale of the work and the effort right. put into making this thing run.
1: And you might even have a bias as a player, saying these guys never played. What do they know about the game? They're telling me, you know, this and that, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're actually the perfect person that you know, someone who's had success <laughs> in yeah. in as a player that can, who also knows the analytics end.
2: Yeah, no, I think that was part of it. Just having having played, and I, I think that people the right right sense of uh, perspective and humility i think they can communicate with players regardless of the, mm-hmm. the, their playing background but i think it definitely gives you a little bit of a leg up having right. come right off the field and and it's difficult it's challenging kind of explaining explaining concepts that might be foreign to, to players and staff and you know new things don't, people don't necessarily accept new things easily especially players who have gotten to the big leagues without it. right? right. Um, so introducing new technologies and new sources of information was a was a challenge for sure. But uh, I loved the job description when Matt wrote it out and thought it really fit me well. And it, it was a great couple of years doing it.
1: Was it tough? Like I know some players are very receptive um, to it. But, it, you know, going back in the past, like I, I imagine if you had to talk to Cliff Lee, Cliff Lee was one of those guys that just wants to throw it, doesn't want to hear, doesn't want to study, doesn't want to do anything. He has his own... Confidence in his own, you know, arm, and he doesn't ha- want to want the information. Whereas some guys want as much information as you can give them. Yeah. Right. So I guess so you you have that fine balance.
2: Yeah, you have to you have to sort of take it case by case for sure. Um, never uh, slamming things down with people's throat is never a, a right. great approach, especially established major leaguers. Um, so try to take a sort of passive approach, develop relationships, develop trust, and then. Um, Really allow players to to initiate some of the conversation,
0: and that that was five years ago. So, do you sense that in the five years, and that was pretty new then, are are players this next generation not that you know, are they more receptive now that they were five years ago? I don't ago? think
2: there's any question. Yeah, about, yeah, they're uh, just the way that players are growing up these days. Yeah, the, the average sixteen year old now compared to even five years ago is exposed to so much more. There's a rap soto in every every bullpen, every indoor facility that they go to. There's, right. a, there's a hit tracks in every batting cage. Um, they're familiar t- using terms like woba and right. weighted runs created plus and WAR. Those are just like more and more common pieces of terminology. That um, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's not, and that's the expectation, especially guys who come through you know, pretty prominent Division One college programs. Now, it is very much the expectation that that we're able to speak that language and provide. Resources that that can help them,
1: and again, it's just—it's analytics is really just information, right? It's just you're giving information, you're giving them the tools, and they can use it what they will, right? Yeah. As you mentioned, not everybody. Anyway, so everyone keeps saying, "Well, analytics, this team's too analytics-driven, and this team's too old-school." Yeah. right? but well, that you know, yeah. some of a misnomer. A
2: radar gun is is analytics, you know. Right. And There have been radar guns out there for fifty years, and I would or 60, 70 years, and I would imagine when they were first introduced. Some people said, I don't need radar guns. Like, I can tell with my eyes how hard this this guy's throwing. And, and oftentimes people are good like that. But it's always, at the very least, it's a, it's a sort of validation for what our eyes are, are telling us. But there's just so many. So, yeah, it's it's only gotten the level of detail with, with this technology and the information available is greater. But, yeah, batting average, RBI, some of the more traditional stats, those are still analytics. You know, we're still using yep. that information sure. to analyze performance and analyze development and we just have found that there's maybe a little bit more uh, sort of
0: descriptive and predictive information that's available. Yeah, due to the technology. Uh, 2017 was also another big year for you, Sam. You starred in your first Philly Fanatic commercial.
1: <laughs>
0: that was, did you ever see this commercial, John? I don't, I'm trying Classic. to think of it, no. I, it, it really is. <laughs> it was uh, the hot dog launcher. <laughs> Sam's on the, hot, the, uh, the truck at spring training with the hot dog launcher, and he's uh, measuring the analytics of how far yeah. and how fast. A great launch angle, time,
1: Great launch <laughs> Wow! Angle. Yeah, no,
2: your your numbers were money.
1: Best yeah, I've seen. that's right. Yeah, did, the, did the bomb squad get called out for this one? <laughs> no, there was no bomb <laughs> squad. In, we in had the bomb. Water. We had the bomb squad called out one time on doing yeah. a Phillies commercial with <laughs> <Yeah>. hot dogs. <laughs> here, yeah, here okay. the ballpark. <laughs> we had to clear the ballpark. We won't go. We won't. No, uh, we won't go down right. that road again. Right. I had a blast. That was fun.
0: <laughs> First and last commercial, as far as oh, I. We got to yeah. get you know another commercial, Sam. Yeah.
1: There wasn't a razor with, like, green fur in there that he's about to use <laughs> in the bathroom. The dark Jeter commercial. A <laughs> classic. All right. So, now – to so the last – and we'll wrap this up, and then yeah, we'll yeah. go to the uh, test. Uh, test. A Quiz, <laughs> not a test. A <laughs> um, But, you know, obviously you're now the general manager, and you're working under, uh, you know, arguably one of the most esteemed uh, baseball guys, Dave Dombrowski. What's that been like uh, for the past, what, I guess, a couple of years? Yeah. It's been great. I mean, uh, did not have any
2: history with Dave other than obviously knowing about him and um, Got to know each other really quick. It was funny we didn't actually get to meet each other in person until I don't know two three months into our mm-hmm. relationship. It was a lot of phone calls and Zoom calls. Given that we were, you know, it was the winner going into the twenty one season, and mm-hmm. we were uh, nobody was in the ballpark, and nobody he was Dave was down in Nashville in the off season, and I was up here. So, um, but we he he's been tremendous to me from the very beginning, and uh, has been been very intentional in in the way that he's. Taught me so much. I mean, has obviously seen and done a lot in this yep. game. And how can you not listen to a a guy who's got a couple of World Series rings under his belt? And what's really cool is that he wants that third one. I think as much as he wanted yeah. that first one, He is committed. If if he if he was any more committed to the, the to this than he was than he's now back then, I'd like to see it because it just is the the drive to be to be better and to put a, a winning playoff and, and World Series winning team out there is really special so he's he's seen so much that nothing really throws him off and uh, I've been able to just soak in a lot of information from him from the get.
0: Awesome. Well we love to hear that John right and I'm sure the fans love to hear that too and we, we didn't doubt it for a minute but uh, you guys are crushing it so uh, let's take a quick break John and uh, we'll be back for the Sam Fold test the right test. after this. <laughs>
2: Thanks for the visit. Let's get down to business. Now here's your chance to show how much you
0: really know. He might get grumpy if he can't stump you with pressures. Quiz. And we are back. Philly's backstage, and Sam, you ready? You, you know, it's been a while since you were at Stanford, so you probably haven't studied for a test in a while. <laughs> I have
1: not, but I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready you know, Sam, how old are your kids, by the way? They're six, eight, ten, and twelve. All right, they're perfect, Good right at. in that fanatic zone. So. If, uh, I think we set the bar six out of eight, Tom. Six right? out of eight. Six out of eight. You know, pretty uh, pretty easy bar to hit, we think, because yeah. it's about his life. He has the inside track. Uh, what does he win? And I think he should win something Fanatic-related towards his kids. Yeah, well, let's go with the uh, the new book that was just released, thanks to
0: uh, Xfinity, and uh, we gave that away last week, Fanatic Bow Reading. It's The Philly Fanatic's Doggy Tale. Can you, can you guys have a dog, Sam?
2: We don't. We do not have a dog. We're not, maybe, we're not quite ready for that. Oops. But, uh, well, yeah. maybe if, if if you get this we're, book, it might the kids might be asking right, for let's a dog. Think about
0: other gifts. <laughs> right, maybe yeah, there'll yeah, be another yeah. gift. Or maybe I'll just
1: flunk this test <laughs> and make sure I don't get it.
0: Do you have the Bryce Harper
1: bobblehead bobble doll that we just gave? You've got out? other. books. Fanax has other books. You're going to autograph different book for every one of there his you kids. Go. That's perfect. How about perfect. that? Perfect. All right. Man. Yeah, we can't give them disincentive to win. So <laughs> here we go. All right, Sam, are you ready? I am ready. As I mentioned, you went to Phillips Exeter Academy in New Hampshire. Which of these celebrities did not go to Exeter? So, I knew this was coming. Yes. Yeah, so, again, one of them, we already know one of them. Uh, A, US President Franklin Pierce. B, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. C, singer Marilyn Manson. D, Peter Benchley, author of Jaws. <laughs> Huh. Which one of these does oh, not belong? <laughs> if you need a lifeline, Sam, you can go to Tom. If you I'm, need not, a li- I'm usually <laughs> not a good lifeline, but I think <laughs> I got this if one. If you need a lifeline, you can go to Tom.
0: <laughs>
2: I'll hang on to my lifeline. Uh, M- Marilyn Manson?
1: <laughs> Unless I'm wrong. <laughs> got to be right. Marilyn Manson <laughs> did not. Oh, all right. And we get to the second one. All right. Man, you went to st- over there. I get know. progressively harder? <laughs> it does that? get a little harder, yes. Uh, you went to Stanford. Which of these celebs did not go to Stanford? Okay, so this might be a little harder. <laughs> it's not, because I just, I just looked at this question. I wrote this a couple, of, you know, probably about a month ago. Uh, Actress Sigourney Weaver, that's A. B is Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> C is actor Ted Danson. And D is author John Steinbeck. Yeah. So it's either Sigourney Weaver, Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> Ted Danson, or John Steinbeck. Oh, I loved Weird, Weird Al as a kid. <laughs> I, I don't think he went. To <laughs> he, did he didn't not go to Stanford. 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 Now he's got to be a genius because look, he, I mean, the the parodies he comes up with, right? And he's, he's made great. a living out of it. Absolutely. Right. So he's no, he's not but a big. Sam Malone
0: went to Stanford. I Love had no that. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I could. Big uh, cheers, fam. There was a million. That?
1: There, there was a million. Do you know one of the? Uh, I'm sure there is. Herbert so. Hoover was one of the in the one of the first classes of Stanford. Who Way cares? Sam Malone went to Stanford. It's yeah. Hoover. Come Grapes on. Grapes of Wrath, John Steinbeck. All right, so you're two for two. You were drafted in 2004 by the Chicago Cubs. We mentioned that. And one of your first minor league teams was the Peoria Chiefs in 2005. Which one of these guys was not a teammate that year? Who was not a teammate that year? Uh, Nomar Parra, Kerry Wood, Jerry Blevins, or TJ Farrell? <laughs> That's pretty good. It's a
2: good good <laughs> list. <laughs> I wish I was young as T.J. Farrell, but I'm gonna say T.J. Farrell. T.J. Farrell. See, correct. oftentimes
1: I I put a computer guy in there, or I'll put somebody that that. Whoever our guest is doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And then we'll say Bob Tonnen and then they don't know that Bob Tonnen and, <laughs> and Sam, runs our
0: computer. Sam's still young. When you ask that to Rick Wise, you know, he's trying to think, okay, sixty years
2: ago, <laughs> okay, who was right. my teammate? Yeah. Right. But actually yeah. they're, they're pretty good. Nomar rehabbed, obviously he wasn't like in A ball okay. then, right. but he was doing a, did a rehab stint. And so it's a uh, little I grew up a huge Nomar yeah. fan. He was a good much, guy too, he wasn't was he, Sam? Great guy. Yeah, he yeah. He was a great guy. He grounded out his first step bat with us and came in the dugout and was like Yelling, you know, swearing, throwing things, and everybody were just like dead silence mm. in the dugout. And then he gets over by the helmet rack and like starts cracking up laughing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was he one of the first
1: guys to really do well, the, the huge, uh, huge batting glove? You know, with the batting adjusted, glove and change adjust the yeah. batting glove, come out there and yeah. right. And I think oh, yeah. a lot of people imitated Nomar. It's the first one I remember. I
0: went to uh, the did the uh, J- Japan uh, MLB. Uh, All Star Series a few times, and uh, Nomar was on one of those trips, and uh, he he was he was great. Yeah, he he got a kick
1: out of fanatic and riding a bus. He was just uh, yeah, real down to earth, good guy.
0: Yeah, Uh, great guy.
1: All right, we mentioned you were called Superman when you're in Tampa uh, after being traded there in 2010. What is Superman's Kryptonian name? Okay, Superman's Kryptonian name is it cal L? Is it Jor L? Is it Zor L? Or is it L? Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> I wrote that, that a month ago. A month ago. Were you at I a bar, bar when you I wrote that? I forgot this? I wrote that. One. Do you know the answer? <laughs> I do know the answer.
2: <laughs> can you Can you re- at least repeat sure, the first it's, three?
1: It's Cal L, Jor L, Zor L. You don't want to hear D? Cal Bell? <laughs> Cal Bell. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with A. Cal L. Cal L, he's four for yeah, four. So is Jor L the dad? Jor L is the dad, and Zor L is the uncle. Nice. Very yeah, good. Yeah, that was See? good. And you still have a lifeline, by the way, with Tom Burgoyne over right. here. I'm not good. All right, yeah. so uh, five. You played for Team Israel in 2017 World Baseball Classic. Which? See, he already has this one. Which player on that team brought the team mascot with him? The the major the mention There it is on the bench. And I, I was going to say Ty Kelly, Cody Decker, Jason Marquis, or Ike Davis. And you already mentioned Cody Decker, so it's a winner right there. We're now five for five. Five. For five.
2: I promise you did not give me these questions in advance.
1: <laughs> I did not. No. Uh what was your batting average in the 2014 wild card game against the Royals? Uh your batting average in the one game wild card game 2014 uh was it 250, 500, 300 or 400? Oh man. I know I had two
2: hits and I don't now I'm just trying to remember if I if I had four at bats or five at bats. It was a long game. I don't really like to talk about it cuz it was a Yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I went two for five. I'm going to say 400.
1: 400. So that okay. means right now he is six for six. He's, he's already, a math guy. He's, he's, already won, he's already won the all the Fanatic books signed for yes. his kids. Yes. Right? Just not the dog one. Not the dog one. Right. All right. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, you read Moneyball in 2004 while recovering from a torn labrum injury, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie, what actor had to lose a lot of weight since he was told he was too fat to play one of the characters? Was it Chris Pratt, Brad Pitt? Jonah Hill or Philip Seymour Hoffman?
2: Yeah, Jonah Hill played Paul De Podesta. That would be my guess.
1: No, No. it's incorrect. Chris, it was kind of a trick question because I I threw on a couple. It's it was Chris Pratt who played Scott Hatterberg. They oh. said he was he was too. He had to lose a lot of weight yeah. if he wanted to be. And Hoffman uh, was player. the manager. Uh, how right? right? Played the uh, how on that. Yeah. But well, I apologize to Jonah Hill. If he's- <laughs> <laughs> you could still use the stand to lose a few pounds. But uh, that was Tom Burgoyne. Just to make sure that was not Sam Fuller or myself. Uh, we got that on the record. All right, your last question. See if you seven for eight. Who I I don't know why I came up with this question, but I did. Uh, who is the oldest manager at the time that you played under? Okay, who is the oldest manager at the time that you played under? Was it Ron Gardenhire? Was it Bob Melvin? Was it Lou Pinella? Or was it Joe Madden? Wow! So Ron That's Gardenhire, Bob Melvin, Lou Piniella, and Joe Madden. And I have to tell you, the gap is ten years. So it's 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 pretty. Substantial, wow. but you might. You're in the moment, so you're not thinking about how no, old your manager is. Not. Not. So it's.
2: I feel like if I get this one wrong, I'm in a lot of
1: trouble. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you <laughs> a. Yeah, ten ten I'm going to give you a big yeah. hint right here. Okay, it's not really a big hint, okay. but it's a big hint. Tom and I went to Puerto Rico for Carlos uh so. charity softball game. Probably what 20 years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. 20, yeah, because I think you're. I think Jen was pregnant with one of your sons. Uh, probably. Cause she couldn't go on the trip, she so go, I went. Yes. So next thing you know, we go to the beach. I'll tell this real quick. And I went uh, body surfing out in this Puerto Rican beach, right? And, I'm, and I caught this great wave, and I'm flying through the waves. And my, next thing you know, my f- hands and my arms crash into someone's legs. I ended up talking to this guy for half an hour. And he's the answer and to this he's question. He's the answer to this question. He thought I yeah. was a scout, and I think I wh- – whatever team he was <laughs> with, I think I screwed up that organization yeah. for many years because oh, man. I, was, I was talking, you know – I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to go with Sweet Lou. Sweet, Sweet Lou, Lou is, is correct. correct. <laughs> Lou Pinella. Yeah, I I didn't recognize Lou Pinella when I was talking to him. And, and I think I set back Seattle. He's like, tell me about the prospects. You know, what about, what do you think about this guy? I'm like, oh, this guy's great. He was got this and that. Yeah, he <laughs> so listened getting, to you. I was getting all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, John yeah. and his tr- baby trunks and, you know, Lou's taking notes. I don't think so. You don't think uh, so? I don't. My think Birdwell so. Beach britches, he wasn't taking me seriously. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, thank right. you for playing. Your parting yeah. gift is uh, again some fanatic books, so. We it's, did good. It's been a pleasure. Sam, thanks Enjoyed for coming it. in.
0: Yeah. This is yeah. good. You came all the way. We're looking at your your office is literally uh, about yeah. 50 feet away. It was so worth the trek. It, worked, it really was. <laughs> the long yeah. walk. Yeah. But uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, let's keep the winning going. You yes. know, John and I are uh, we're loving it. We're all loving it. So
2: are we. We're going to do our best.
1: Yep. Yeah. Keep, and oh wait, last question. Did you going. see the Fnatic streak? By the way, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. I was expecting security to go and tackle you, <laughs> but they let it. You take know uh, what? We we t- we the fanatics been doing this for
0: a while, and every once in a while we think should we have security go out there? But then it's like, well, then you know it may not be the best look. It's Dude, a too. You know? <laughs> we don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, make them look. What bad What I was either, impressed so. with
2: was the third base umpire. I think it was. Uh, trunk, tr- Truncoso. Uh, yeah. I, I forget. His, Edwin was his first name. Just straight faced. <laughs> yeah. He wanted no, no parts. I mean, he was all <laughs> No
0: parts of a naked fanatic. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sam. Thanks again. We'll you catch bet. you around, John. For another great me. show. Sounds all good. All right. And uh, we will see you next time on Philly's Backstage. Backstage, with the going.